With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, boy, I love it, love it. Yeah. I love it, love it. Yeah. I love my HBCU. And man, yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loud. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouth. But if they won, you tap. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talkin they know what they be talking about. Talkin they about. compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot. Yeah. And who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention. This is Dr. Cavill with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Hold up. They out us out on assignment. I told you what Mike was doing traveling around the world, but uh, we're going to stick it to him because he keeps saying valid, valid. Yeah, that valid. We'll get into that. That valid did what they supposed to. And Charles Bishop, I think he's still having uh, fun and celebrating. We'll quickly. Usually we do the cigars for the class wins. But uh, when you beat somebody down like that, with all the smack talk that was there, much of it the media created, but whatever, you know, it is what it is. We're going to give a smoke to Charles Bishop because, you know, he's somewhere uh, probably this morning, Mimosa, doing his thing. But, no, he's on a flight uh, that he had, the only flight he could get out there to get back. So we're going to let him make it and do his thing. But I have one and the only B.J. Jones football analyst as he will do his show tonight. So stick in for that because you know he's going to go in deep. But we get a luxury to get a little taste of it this morning. This is also midterm grades are in. They are posted on the dean's office door. So as the professor adjunct Jones is in here, he'll help me break down some of these grades of the day. So it's going to get real intriguing today. So we'll get in some of the details of those games. We'll give out the cigar smoke, right? Slowburnwaco.com. Go check them out. We'll get into that with that classic victory. Texas Southern will get a shout-out. Texas Southern, old Texas Southern Tigers. That's a big win with them, all seriousness. I know Southern fans, rightfully so, are disappointed. But if you look on the other side, uh, Texas Southern, we have talked about their struggles. They finally found a way to at least get it done where they can post a W. So credit to them. And then you had a Morehouse Tuskegee Classic. B.J. Jones is in the house for that, so he got a chance to really get down with that. And that's another team. Rightfully so, that was trying to get off the snide. We talked about Tuskegee's struggle, but when you get the victory over your rival and you take away that zero out of the win column, that's big. So we'll get into that a little bit. But welcome to episode 199 of Inside the HBC Sports Lab Radio Show and Podcast, the show that's covering the sporting HBC dash for all things HBC sports. 
from institutions large and small, from NAIA to the NCAA. We share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic program in the business of HBCU sports. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Kavil, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. And today, as we always do on Sundays, we have none other than the football analyst, HBCU guru, as many call him, B.J. Jones, doing his thing. With that, B.J. Jones, how you doing? How you doing, Doc, man? It's a crazy Sunday, man. We got an interesting day of football yesterday, and man, ready to dive into it. No doubt about it. Love to see what you're going to post on them grades. Because, you know, it's always heard that you wanted the hard adjunct professors out there. People don't want to take your class. <laughs> Dr. Fleckenstein. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> With the F squared on my side and the Fleckenstein on your side, man, uh, students better hit them books. Uh, weight room, practice, whatever you want to call it. Practice, practice. Yeah, now you see why we talk about practice. We yeah. are filming from our home studios and sending a signal live as we always do across the world uh, in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. Shout out again to Texas Southern. Today's episode of Inside HBC Sports Lab is sponsored by THG Agency, LLC. THG Agency is a company that provides sporting and educational consulting and data analytics. Let me just jump right into it uh, without wasting time. Like I said, we'll get in and button up some games specifically. Um, but let's go to the MEAC. They had a Friday night game, um, that Hampton-Howard game. Let's go down to MEAC. We don't have to break down those games, but obviously they will console on there because, like I said, in the second half, we're getting some of the show uh, games. But I did want to ask you, what are your grade? I know it's early and they played a lot of non-conference. Uh, that was actually the first conference game to be. So we'll get a deep end there to see what they do in their grades. But, you know, their early first test, you know, what are you saying for a team like Norfolk State? What type of grade do you post? Uh, right now for Norfolk State Spartans? For North, uh, Norfolk State, to me, they're the class of the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference right now. Um, I give them a B plus. Um, I like the way that they're competing. Uh, Pootie Carter and that offense, when they're humming, um, they're almost unstoppable. Uh, have questions about the defensive side of the football for Norfolk State. Uh, they will give up the big plays, give up a lot of yardage, but uh, right now they are the class of the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference. Yeah, I started with them because I'm interested in that, too. And I like that great analysis when you posted it. Um, type of same thing I would have. But the favorite, if you would, preseason team is South Carolina State. They've played a tough schedule, but it's also been a, a schedule that they would have because two of the teams they played non-conference were actually previously conference games. Um, and so in that kind of retrospect, they played an Alabama A&M team to open up the season. Um, so they've had a very solid schedule as well, but they've only got one win out of it. What do you say about South Carolina State? They still have a lot of time to change the grade, but I'm, I'm interested to see what type of grade you have posted for midterm. I would say a C minus. Uh, I was really close to going to D on South Carolina State. When you look at it, they lost to Alabama A&M. Um, a game they very well could have won, uh, competed well uh, against the FBS uh, opponents. But then Bethune-Cookman, they looked great for three and a half quarters. Well, mm. three quarter, well, three quarters in the quarter. And then they looked like the South Carolina State team that we've seen the rest of the year where you're able to run up and down the field on them. Uh, their only win 
was a narrow defeat of Bethune Cookman, who's winless on the year. Uh, yeah, I am C minus. I'm close to getting them a D. Ooh, I see you. T Foster says Bama A and M got a 1.0 GPA. <laughs> 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 Shout out to Lonnie Shaw, Diane Weber, Karen Griffin, Jamie Walker, G Boom Holly in the house. Who else we got in here? Come on in. We got a lot of viewers. Appreciate you. Come on, provide your comments. Give me your grades on your team at this time so we can see how it matches up on the football guru as he breaks it down. Well, let's go. We're not going to go through everybody in the MEAC. We'll have time to do that a little later. Uh, but I just wanted to go through a couple of teams. With that being said, uh, we'll get into the Morgan-Howard game next so you can give the, uh, in the second half of the show so you can give grades there. Uh, but anybody else in the MEAC that you want to give a grade, post their grade for or do we want to shift to the SWAC East Division? I got to show some love to Howard, um, the Mecca. Um, they, you know, right now they're sitting at two and four, got a big win on Friday night um, against Morgan State. Uh, this Howard team isn't as bad as Howard has been in the past. Uh, you can see that um, they're really headed in the right direction. Uh, they, they might have uh, something up there in Howard. I think give them a you know, a year or two, and, and they should be right there in the thick of things. I certainly like the way the coach doing the media uh, morning calls on Monday. I really like his disposition in terms of what he's trying to build. Um, and you can see it translating, unlike Morgan State in a lot of ways, where you hear some of the same commentaries, but you just don't see it translating on the field. And he's been there a little longer. So it's mm-hmm. fascinating to see what's going on. And obviously, I don't have to post their grades. It's pretty obvious in terms of uh, that Flunkenstein that you talk about, if they don't get it going uh, as they get into much more of the conference play, it's going to be really ugly in terms of what they get done. With that being said, let's shift over there to the East a little bit as we get going. Um, Sam, you just talked about South Carolina State. They made another statement. That defense consistently shows you that they are a championship-level defense. Uh, they shut out teams for now seven straight quarters. South Carolina State got a late score, or they would have shut out the second straight team. Uh, really looking good at home. Defenses travel. We kind of seen that with Jackson State in a lot of ways. What are your thoughts on FAMU in terms of your midterm posting of their grade? I'm going B plus uh, with FAMU. Their one loss um, was a one point loss to Jackson State, a game that could have went either way. Um, Mm. They're solid. Defensively, this is a downright scary football team. Uh, if Akil Glass was shaking up this week against Jackson State, newsflash, you got the, the next best defense in the conference on its way to Huntsville. <laughs> I know it's Halloween, October. It won't be ghosts and goblins you'll be seeing. It'll be that 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 rattling defense. So yeah, I give them a I give them a B plus. Nice. Well, since we're talking about it, let's go on and get in there to the Alabama A&M Bulldogs. Uh, they have a chance to take the next test next Saturday, but midterm grades are posted. At the midterm point, what do you give Alabama A&M Bulldogs? Uh, right now, um, I give Alabama A&M a, a C. Um, I give them right at a, a C. Um, Alabama A&M very well could be winless right now. They're, they're, defensively, they're an L. Uh, there's nothing good about that defense. All right. Uh, I, I'll, I'll come out and I'll say it. Defensively, they're horrible. The offensive line, 
not exactly anything to write home about either. They, they need work in the trenches, and that's where football games are made. You can have an all-star quarterback. You can have all-star receivers. If you don't have it up front, eventually it's going to catch up with you and, and it's going to bite you, and it's biting them right now. Yeah, you saw that clearly on Saturday. I gave the defense a little break, but now I'm leading that uh, if I posted my grades, that uh, that last quiz grade really hurt, hit them bad in terms of what took place. And then uh, that last examination showed didn't help them any in terms of what that looks like. So your point is well taken when you talk about that defense. But I really like the fact that you brought up the front, defensive front line and offensive front line. Um, they are really having some problems, and they've been able to hide it a little bit. Now, for mm-hmm. people like yourself that are gurus, you kind of question. You were up front and concerned. And another team we'll talk about that you talked about as well, so it's fascinating when one of the things that you ask people to consider is that offensive front. We get uh, in love, fall in love with a lot of times in terms of the skills position, and we just see, yeah, you can have skills positions, but if you don't have the lines – doing what they're doing, whether it's the front line uh, um, on offense in terms of offensive line or in terms of the defensive side, oftentimes that front seven we want to look at, particularly in terms of get get done. With that being said, let's shift to Jackson State. They showed a lot with both of their lines, um, particularly defensive front. We knew it, but they got a chance to really show the world. What are your thoughts in terms of their midterm break? Oh, man, right now Jackson State is a uh, – you look at yesterday, you want to say, hey, um, I, I give them that, – that defense is an A-plus. Offensively, they looked a lot better yesterday, but that was against Alabama A&M's defense. Let's put that out there first. Mm. Uh, offensively, they looked a lot better. They were able to run the football. Uh, Utah Stewart Sanders even run the football uh, on yesterday. Um, right now for them, I, w- I would give them uh, an, an A. Uh, offensively, I know that they have not been where they wanted to be. Maybe yesterday was kind of the, the, the them turning the corner. We'll know more about that offense and what they're able to do on Saturday with Alabama State coming to town compared to going up, up against that Alabama A&M uh, defense. Wow, good point. Yeah, are they messing up the curve in the class at this point or are they just doing what they need to do in terms of those tips? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. No, what Jackson State, you know, they struggled offensively up until yesterday. Uh, and I know that, you know, they made the change. C.C. Taylor now is the, the play caller. But this is the thing. I know you're excited about what happened offensively. Keep this in mind. That Alabama a defense, every opponent that they have played to this point has their season high in points and yardage when they play against Alabama a Every opponent. Bethune nice Cookman, little nugget. Nice little nugget. State, every opponent, Jackson State on yesterday. Jackson State hadn't scored 61 points combined for the entire season. And they got them in one game yesterday against Alabama A&M. So I'm a little hesitant. We'll see about it next week. But that, you know, goes back to offensively. We'll see if, it, if it's right. We'll see on Saturday. Let's sneak two more out of there before we go this break. And then on the second half of the show as we end, We'll do some grades in terms of the West Division, and then we'll maybe sneak some uh, grades in on the non-conference and certainly some of these uh, top echelon teams and bottom teams in the CIAA-SIC. With that being said, Alabama State, uh, very mercurial in terms of what they do on their tests. I mean, they bust out one test, and then they, they kind of fall on their face. At least that's what I've seen grading their papers. 
uh, in terms of what's going on. But what do you say about Alabama State? And then you can follow it up uh, with um, Alabama, I mean, with Valley. I'll say with Alabama State, they're, they're right out of C. Um, you know, they one week you see them against Bethune Cookman, you go, hmm, it may be on to something. And next week you see against FAMU, and offensively, they, they, they don't show up at all. Uh, they made a quarterback change yesterday. Um, Crowley kid, um, local Atlanta kid, uh, proud Papa Marvin Crowley. I know he's very excited about what his son did on yesterday. Offensively, they looked a lot better. They completely shut down Arkansas Power Bluff. So I'm, I'm going to give them right at a, at, at a C. They got a big test coming up on Saturday, homecoming at Jackson State. Uh, so we'll know more about that Alabama State football team on Saturday. What about with that, let's go to a break. This is Dr. Bill inside HBC Sports Live with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop sitting in today giving us a little football analytics. B.J. Jones, as we turn in them grades, midterm grades in, let's see what your thoughts on, on your team's performance as the grades are posted on the Dean's wall. Let's see what's going on here. We'll be right back after this quick break. This is Brian Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBNOnline, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Shop Velvet Online Women's Boutique to spice up your closet with trendy, unique looks. We have fashionable and chic looks at very affordable prices. Velvet Boutique offers free shipping all year long on all orders. Shop online at www.melvetboutique.com. That's www.melvetboutique.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Shop Velvet Online Women's Boutique. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah, and who's about, who's about. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir, and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Ville inside HBC Sports Lab, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, yeah, BJ Jones, the football guru, if you would, analyst, and we have none other than Florida A&M Rattler football head coach, Coach Willie Simmons. How you doing, Coach Simmons? We got you on mute there, Coach. Sorry about that. I'm doing well. No um, I may log on from my – I'm going to log on from my desktop here. So if you see me trying to get on, that's me. Oh, that's fine. Take your time. I know you're in there already watching some film, uh, getting it done. Uh, as you're doing that, we'll shout out a little bit, um, just give a little bit of background for those who don't know. The main thing is uh, you coming back off of not playing in the spring, but in 2019, HBCU National Champion, Black College Sports Network, 
but wanted to get in a little bit before we uh, get into some further talking. Just talk about how your team is progressing. Uh, it's quite obviously in terms of what we just broke down with midterm grades, the defense, A-plus, offense is coming along. What are your thoughts on your team right now? Well, you know, obviously we've kind of hit a stride. Um, won the last two games here at home. And, um, you know, huge game coming up this week versus the Alabama A&M team that has dropped their last two. But, of course, we all know how dangerous they are with arguably one of the best quarterbacks in FCS football in the cooler glass. Let's go to a quick break. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBC Sports Lab. We'll be right back with Coach Willie Simmons. My bad. My bad. Yeah. My bad. I got it fixed. Okay. <clears throat> This is Dr. Bill inside the HBCU Sports Lab. With that, apologize for the technical difficulties, but we got you in there, and we don't want to uh, remiss. So we're going to ask Coach, go ahead and talk and highlight those players. We want to make sure that their names get out there. They deserve it. They've been putting in their work. So please proceed. Yeah, uh, thank you for the opportunity. Like you said, they're well-deserving. Uh, Isaiah Land uh, is playing unbelievable football right now. Um, Boston wrote National Player of the Week last week with three sacks against Alabama State. And uh, because of some 
technical difficulties with our stat uh, stat machine yesterday. Uh, didn't get those recorded, but you know, I think the players on the sideline are kind of counting his stats as he plays. And yesterday they were saying he had five in yesterday's game, and so we're going to confirm that. But again, just playing phenomenal football right now. Savion Williams uh, in his first game, uh, I thought played really well. Tacked some tackles for loss, got to the quarterback a bunch, um, and then defensively, you know, forced four turnovers. Um, interceptions, you know, three interceptions and a fumble. And so those guys are playing as well as can be. Jose Romo Martinez hit a 51-yard field goal yesterday. Uh, so, again, continuing to kick the ball extremely well. And then offensively, I thought Terrell Jennings uh, had a really big game rushing the ball. Uh, he and Bishop Bonnet. And then David Manigo, you know, had been kind of hampered by some injuries, but really showed up yesterday with some huge catches, made some big plays. Jamaria Sharid uh, made some phenomenal plays, uh, being dynamic in space. And so our playmakers are really starting to, to play really good football now. So we're kind of hitting our stride because obviously we're going to face an Alabama A&M team, like I said, with Aquil Glass, who's one of the top quarterbacks in FCS football. And even though they've dropped their last two, uh, we know how dangerous of a team they can be. Great points made. Let me let uh, DJ Jones get up here and ask a follow-up question. So, Coach, yesterday your defense only surrendered 128 yards, which is phenomenal. Um, defensively this football team has 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 been on a tear and uh what do you attribute that to I, th- I think that people are really slept on fam you on the defensive side of the football but i think now after these last two weeks uh the secret is out so what do you attribute that to well uh one uh talking about the fact that they've been slept on i think a lot of that is due to the fact that for years um you know people have looked at me as an offensive minded coach and so it's always about, you know, the Willie Simmons offense and us being able to put up points and bunches in our tempo and all those different things. Um, but as a head coach, you grow, you mature, and you realize you do what's best for your football team. And so uh, watching this team grow and develop over the last really two years since we didn't have a chance to play in 20, um, we really built our team around defense. You know, obviously we, we know defense wins championships. And, you know, a couple of games that we lost in the past, we felt that we had performed a little bit better on that side of the ball that we'd have a chance to, you know, be champions at this point. And so we, we went on a, on, a, on a recruiting trail to bring in some top-tier defensive guys, really made an emphasis of boosting our depth on the defensive line. And, um, you know, we've been blessed to, to have some quality transfers, guys like Savion Williams, who transferred from the University of Tennessee, Antoine Collier, um, our starting safety, who transferred from the University of Central Florida, Lovey, Lovey Jenkins, uh, coming to us from the University of Louisville, uh, and then some homegrown guys that, that have been in this program for years. Isaiah Land is a guy we signed in our first class. You know, he's really coming to his own. I mean, he is a terror. I would not want to see him uh, in a one-on-one pass versus situation against anyone. Uh, and then Courtney Cox, you know, another guy we signed in our first class to really become a top-flight cornerback. And then, my, obviously, Marquise Bell is the guy that everyone knows about. Um, but I think those guys, well, I know, one, they're playing uh, as hard as I've ever seen the defense play. Two, they're playing together, you know, and that's the thing that really excites me about this bunch. When one guy makes a play – you see 10 other guys going to celebrate with them. You know, it's not that me mentality on that side of the ball, you know, so they play for one another. They, they, they believe in the schemes that we're, that we're playing with. And we're just allowing them to play fast. Not a whole lot of thinking, not a whole lot of calls. Just line up and play fast. And those guys are doing that. And, again, for two weeks in a row, uh, we've held opponents to under 200 yards of total offense, which, again, at this level with the type of offenses that we see on a weekly basis is, is you know, unheard of. And so just excited to have – a defense like this, uh, because again, offensively, we haven't really hit our stride yet, but these guys are making it to where, you know, we're not pressed to do so, even though we're going to work to get there, 
But if they keep playing at a level like this, I mean, you're looking at from Division One opponent, um, from FCS opponents down, we have not given over, up over seven points in any game. And you know, with two, with, with three seven-point games in a shutout. You know, so again, you're talking about 21 points surrendered in four games in FCS competition and below. And so again, hats off to Coach Ryan Smith, Coach DCs, Ryan Smith and Brandon Sharp, the, the rest of the defensive coaches. Uh, those guys are doing an amazing job, as good a job defensively as I think I've ever seen. And I've been around some really good defensive coaches uh, in my day. Man, that's a statement when you um, broke it down in terms of points per game. The eye test is telling me everything I need to know. But let's shift a little bit to the offensive side of the ball. Sean McKay, his maturation to me has really improved. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that and the offensive side of the ball? Yeah, Rashawn's a guy that, you know, obviously his best football is ahead of him. Uh, you're talking about a guy that really only played one year of high school football. You know, he was a baseball player, um, decided to play football his senior year, was given the opportunity to play quarterback, and uh, came here as a walk-on. You know, we saw a skill set, um, but we knew that he didn't, you know, he hadn't played enough to, to, to warrant getting a scholarship at that time. But he's an extremely hardworking young man, puts in the work in the weight room, uh, in the class, in the, excuse me, in the classroom, uh, in the film room, you know, and he's getting better every single week. And, um, you know, his maturation, as you alluded to, uh, is growing every week. With every snap he takes, he gets better. And that's just the thing with a guy who hasn't played a lot, especially at the quarterback position. The more you play, the more you see things, the more you train your eyes to anticipate throws, uh, that's what makes great quarterbacks. And so uh, I think the NFL uses that same model. They place a premium on quarterbacks who stay in college all four years because of that experience. You look at guys like Peyton Manning, stayed four years in college, Drew Brees, stayed four years in college, Tom Brady. So some of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game stayed all four years in college. And the more reps you get, obviously the better you are at that position. And so the more he plays, the more he'll take command of this offense. And I think the more efficient we'll be able to be. But, you know, right now we're relying heavily on the run game uh, to kind of keep us going and keep the defense off the field because, um, as long as they don't get tired, um, they're, they're as dominant of a bunch as I think there is in FCS football. Well, you were a quarterback yourself, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to trust you on that one. With that being said, go ahead, B.J. Jones, follow up with your next question. Hey, Coach, Bishop Bunn is, is not the biggest kid in the world, but the way he runs the football, yesterday, 12 carries, uh, 118 yards, uh, average 9.8 yards per carry. And one of the things that he said on Twitter is that he left some runs out there. He felt like he could have done uh, better. When you see a young man, not not the largest kid in the world, but the way that he plays, talk about the heart of, of, of Bishop Butters. Well, Bishop is a guy, um, obviously, that we inherited when we took over the program in 2018. And our very first conversation, he asked me if I was going to give him a chance to play running back uh, because, obviously, the previous staff didn't really give him that opportunity. Uh, and the first thing I told him was, Bishop, size-wise, you remind me of Dwayne Tucker. You know, obviously a guy that I had at Preview and um, who played with that same type of heart. So it's not about the physical stature of a guy. It's about what's inside. You know, Bishop mm. is a guy that has one of the biggest hearts that you'll ever see. Uh, you know, just great intensity, you know, plays with an edge, uh, plays with the chip on the shoulder. You know, and, and so the, the challenge for us offensively, and that's something we're going to drive home this week, is that we get the other 10 guys to match his level of intensity. Right. He's playing the way our defense is playing, you know, extremely hard on every play, um, doing the, going the extra mile, you know, just refusing to be denied. And that's something that has made him the bat that he is. I mean, it, 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 Bishop breaks more tackles than Terrell Jennings, who's 230 pounds. 
than maybe Jay McLeod, who's 245 pounds because of how hard he runs. And you're talking about a guy that's 175 pounds, but who squats over 600 pounds. I mean, it's amazing when you see him in the weight room, put all that weight on his back, sit down and come back up. I mean, so again, you're talking about a guy that puts in the work in the weight room, in the classroom. He's got two degrees from FAMU already working on his third. And so we have a saying here that the way you do anything is the way you do everything. And Bishop has shown that he's a hard worker off the field, in the classroom, in the weight room. And that hard work is is, is obviously paid off and and shown up in big games on the football field. And we're, we're excited to have him. When you talk about off the field, man, crazy comment. Thank you for that. But you're talking about off the field. I want to take it off the field. But before we do that, SWAC fans around here, uh, particular Prairie View, Southern University, knows quite a bit about Dewanye Tucker. So that's a great point when they start looking and analyzing Bishop Bonnet uh, for them to kind of make the connection of what he's able to do. So appreciate those reference points. Really, really unique. As I told everybody, you know, about your quarterback experience, people may not realize you also have your degree in marketing. Brilliant at how you do that. And I tease you with that, but seriously, because we, we need to understand the branding and the connections about not only doing it on the field, the X's and O's, but also how we translate that off the field. We see that now from the conference office, part of the reason, uh, if you would allow me to jump out there a little bit, talk about FAMU deciding to make that move to the SWAC and what it has done to the SWAC overall and also what it's done for FAMU. But I say all that to ask you about off the field, why not us? Um, Talk a little bit about how that came together and why that's important. And even how I heard you talk about the fact that, hey, if things don't fall our way in terms of getting into the SWAT championship game, hosting it or getting on the road, but there's also a chance where you're looking at playing yourself in a position for the playoffs. Um, If you can wrap all that together, please do. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, Just to talk briefly about why not us. You know, so uh, earlier this year, uh, we were approached uh, by uh, C.J. Paul, who's obviously the, the brother of Chris Paul. Uh, I think it's Dip Productions, their, their production team. Um, obviously, they did the season season one this past spring with North Carolina Central and, and followed their basketball team on their journey. And so they wanted to take it a step further and, and look at football. Right. And one of their platforms is really highlighting, highlighting HBCUs uh, and, and the journeys, the struggles, the triumphs, everything that, that makes us who we are as, as institutions. And so when they looked at football programs and, you know, schools that are doing great things that, that kind of fit their their uh, their, their motto, uh, we kind of embodied all of that. Obviously, signing the, the, the LeBron James deal with Nike, uh, the first one of his of his kind. Um, you know, with LeBron James, uh, the, the stadium renovations, you know, all the things that have been going on, uh, it seemed like a perfect marriage. And so when they approached us about it, you know, obviously, whenever you allow an outside entity that much access into your program, uh, some people will have reservations, you know. But my biggest thing was there are amazing things happening at Florida a every single day from a university standpoint, from a football standpoint. And from a community standpoint, you know, we, we've, we've tested more people for COVID-19 and vaccinated more people for COVID-19 than any place in the area, right? Those type of things need to be showcased and highlighted. And so we felt it was imperative for us to allow the outside world to really get in bed with FAMU, so to speak. Like, see what happens on the House of Seven Hills. See why we're the number one public HBCU in America. See why we're the number 104 ranked public institution in America in any classification, right? And so 
you know, we don't have anything to hide. We want to bear, we want to bear it all. We want to put everything out there for the world to see, because we feel like you're talking about branding, that if people really see what happens at FAMU and really understands the day-to-day operations, that they would endear themselves to this place, just like over 80,000 living alumni have, because we recognize the, the, the strength of the FAMU brand. And so we want that brand to continue to grow. And when you can t- attach yourself to an ESPN, a Chris Paul, a LeBron James, it's a perfect marriage, right? Larger than life sports figures, a larger than life institution in our eyes, right? And so it all works together. Uh, and it's been phenomenal. So we've been excited to have them here. Um, the, our first uh, episode will debut this coming Thursday. We're very excited to see it. Uh, and again, um, don't know exactly what they're going to show, but we know that, that you guys will be uh, entertained and enlightened by what by what we do here. Um, so, so you know, uh, as far as that piece goes, that's that's where how it comes together. But as far as the playoffs, you know, obviously, um, you know, we've had we have two goals here. You know, one goal obviously is to win uh, the SWAC championship. Which in order to do that, you have to win the East. And so after week one, you know, a one-point loss to Jackson State, we now find ourselves in a position where we don't control our destiny, right? right. They would have to lose twice for us to, to have a chance to, to play in the SWAC championship game. Well, they're playing really good football right now, as evidenced by their huge uh, defeat over Alabama A&M yesterday for A&M's homecoming, uh, nonetheless. And so uh, the prospects of them, with every game that goes, the chances of them losing twice diminishes, Right. So we have to be realistic. We may find ourselves in a situation much like our first year at Prairie View, where we're one game behind a team that hasn't lost in conference with one conference loss. You're out of it. Right. And so I think the mistake we made six years ago at Prairie View was that we waited too late to start the conversation. Right. We waited till the last week to say, hey, we're nine and two. We've lost to an FBS team and we lost to a team that has not lost in conference play right, a top 25-ranked uh, football team. So our resume speaks of us deserving to be in the FCS playoffs. That was back then where I think it was a 16-team field. Well, now the field has been expanded to 24 teams. So if you look at, you know, and again, we got a lot of football left to play, so this is a premature conversation. But in the event that we run the table, finish 9-2, and two, if Jackson runs the table and finishes 10-1, and one, they're probably ranked in the FCS top 15. I would think so right? We run the table, you would think that we'll be ranked in the FCS top 25. So at the end of the season, if we can say our two losses are to a top 15 FCS team who would be in the playoffs if they were eligible for it and an FBS program, why aren't we deserving to be in the playoffs? Like I think our resume uh, speaks to that point, right? And if we can continue to have the type of convincing wins that we've had, we will have one of the strongest defenses in all of FCS football, right? one of the strongest special teams, units in all of FCS football, then I think we're very deserving of that opportunity. So we don't want to wait until the last week to start having that conversation. We want people to start recognizing what we're doing on the field, right, building our resume, and then when the time comes for the playoff committee to decide who are the 16 at-large teams that we're deserving of one of those spots. And so, uh, you know, again, a lot of football left to be played. Our number one goal is still the SWAC championship. Uh, if stars align the right way, we'll have an opportunity for that. Um, but obviously, uh, the most important thing is for us to focus on this coming week because, again, we're going on the road to play an Alabama A&M team that, that, that has dropped two straight that's going to be very, very motivated to, to you know, get back on track, uh, again, with one of the most explosive offenses in, in FCS football. Thank you, Coach Simmons. Really great information, great interview. 
glad that you took the time this morning. I know you have a lot of work to do, so we'll let you move into the X's and O's reviewing those films. As you said, you hit the road up to Huntsville, Alabama A&M, uh, to face a very potent offense. Uh, but if your defense continues to do it, it's doing, uh, it should be one to watch. So thank you for your time. We look forward to talking to you, especially near the end of the season, so we can see uh, what that looks like and continue to get the information out on whether it's why not us or playing the SWAC championship game or playing in the FCS playoff. We'll see how all that turns out. We certainly uh, continue to look at the season. As we go out, we'll say go Rattlers. Go Rattlers. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Coach. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBC Sports Lab. We'll take our quick break and get into the second half of the show. Uh, with that, we'll be right back. Stick with us so we can get into some more matchups, get B.J. Jones' thoughts on that, and continue with doing some of our midterm grades that have been posted. Let me know your thoughts out there. The grades have been posted. Midterm, boy, some of y'all need to get in those books. <laughs> we'll be right back after this break. The analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love yeah. and who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBC Sports Lab. It's BJ Joe and I breaking down the information. So let me go to honoredon.com. Shout out uh, to Eric Moore. Hopefully, he continues to get better. With that being said, Howard 27, Morgan State 0, shutout. Bluefield State continues their magical season as they get back to football 23-9 to uh, nine over Fort Lauderdale. Uh, that was Bluefield State's homecoming. Uh, Bowie State does what they do. Puts all that talk to shame as they really beat up on Shawan. 14-3 is a defensive struggle. A late defensive uh, score puts it out of the way, but they get it done. Winston-Salem State bounces back a little bit as they beat up on Johnson C. Smith, 26 to 12. Some people would say, who does not beat up on Johnson C. Smith? But it is what it is. Kentucky State with the mild shocker for a lot of folks, and they really do it big. 49 to 14 over Lane, who was playing some really good football. It was Kentucky State's homecoming, so they do what they do. North Carolina A&T really dominated that game early, but they let North Alabama back in it, but they get the W. 38-34 is the final there. A lot of folks got some questions on the Aggies, or is that just part of the football season, one of the things they do? They have a big matchup we'll talk about this week where they can really write the ship and make a statement. Kennesaw State that is playing some good football, top 25. We'll see what that looks like. We might get in there a little bit. 
certainly down this week. Fayetteville State comes back to beat up on Shaw 15 to 12. Big win by Fayetteville State. Shaw was getting it done, but could not hang on to close it out. Virginia Union shuts out Lincoln, Pennsylvania, 32 to 0. Lincoln, Pennsylvania is struggling. Shout out to Virginia Union. They do get it done. Florida Memorial, HBCU loses to Warner, 31 to 12. You have Livingston getting a win over St. Augustine, 21 to 7. West Virginia State, HBCU up there, beats up on Western Virginia Wesleyan, 38 to 3. Y'all heard about this score, Jackson State over Alabama A&M, going up there for their homecoming and ruin it, 61 to 15, making a huge statement. Alabama State talked a little bit about this with B.J. Jones. The score of that game was the Hornets 35, the Golden Lions 15. It was Alabama State homecoming, so they celebrated in style. Grambling State could not quite get it done. Alcorn State does it for homecoming. They let them come back a little bit, so people kind of had an eye asking about that game. I don't know. What do you think in the West? 24 to 20. Is Grambling getting better? Alcorn State still have some of those concerns out there. We shall see. Uh, Lincoln, Missouri loses to Missouri Southern 52 to 32. Albany State shuts out Edward Waters 30 to 0, welcoming them to the SIAC. You have Clark Atlanta with the mild upset for a lot of folks. You say that? What? Yeah, Allen? Yeah, Allen won a couple of games and playing well, but Clark Atlanta wins 21 to 12. Shout out to Clark Atlanta Panthers. Delaware State does what they're supposed to do against Virginia Lynchburg as they get it done 56 to 6. Fort Valley State. Defeat Central State 35 to 14 as the um, East Division of the SIC is just sickening mad. Hampton falls to Kennesaw State. We told you a little bit about that 34 to 15. You have North Carolina Central gets beat up pretty bad against Tennessee Tech 27 to 16. I'm interested in that because Tennessee Tech plays Tennessee State next week. So I get a little barometer. And we told you about Kennesaw Kennesaw State playing AT. So we got some crossover to kind of see what those matchups look like. Uh, Benedict with a surprise for a lot of folks, Dad. I told you about that East Division of the SIC. They continue to make statements. They defeat Miles 24 to 21. The big one for a lot of folks is Texas Southern finally gets the big win in terms of conference play, and they do it over one of the perennial teams favored to come in the season. Shocking a lot of folks. This is a big talk on all the social media platforms other than Alabama, A&M, and Jackson State. Texas Southern Tigers. Shout out with the cigar smoke. We get it up. That is slowburnswaco.com. Go get your cigars. They win it 35-31, and it was in exciting fashion. Scored the last part of the game to get it done. Controversial call, go back and forth. One of those swag games that always happens like that. We might be able to get into that a little bit. Probably the next question I'm going to ask B.J. Jones because I know he has some comments on that game. With that being said, Mississippi Valley State shocks a lot of folks. Valley, Mike, Valley, yeah, that Valley. They got it done, 20 to 14, ruining the homecoming in Daytona Beach there. Flam you, as we just talked about it, fam you. Defeat South Carolina State there. Old me at conference rival, 30 to 7. And that's a game that's interesting because usually the opposing team has won on the road, not mm-hmm. this Saturday. Savannah State wins 39 to 6 over Erkeskin, uh, excuse me. And you have Virginia State. Winning over Elizabeth City State, making a statement 35-7. to That Morehouse Tuskegee football classic now in Birmingham. Morehouse gets it done over Tuskegee. Gets out of the losing edges. They win 31-15. to Big win by the Maroon Tigers. Credit to them. And Texas College falls to Ottawa 48-6. to With that being said, let me just jump into it. I want to ask you first, and then I'll let you go and tell me any other 
game that you want to talk about a little further, but I got to get into that classic game, Arlington football showdown, Southern losers to Texas Southern 35 to 31. Again, kudos to Tigers first, but what are your thoughts in terms of this game? Uh, the biggest thing is uh, Texas Southern quarterback, uh, he's, he's a real deal. Um, what he was able to do offensively, pass for 338, put another 85 on the ground. Um, he, he looked uh, fantastic. You know, we talk about Alabama A&M's defense and, and how poor they play. There's another defense that's just as bad, and they reside in Jaguar land. This is Southern University defense. Now, this defense has a lot of names, Cotton, Lewis, Papillon. You know, there's a lot of names on, on that defense. That defense has not been playing to its talent, to its talent level. And that's something that has frustrated a lot of Southern University uh, fans. So about a, a defense that was ranked second uh, in the spring that played solid outside of the Arkansas Palm Bluff uh, contest during the spring. They don't even mirror that defense. Um, mm. A lot of problems has really been can't stop the run, can't stop the pass. Uh, it, it almost gave up four. I mean, almost gave up six hundred total uh, total yards Ooh. yesterday to uh, Texas Southern. Southern offensively, that used to be the knock. Offensively, Southern can't get it done. You know, they're in inept. Well, offensively, Southern put up three. Uh, I'm sorry, five hundred and thirty-one total total yards of, of offense. Over five hundred. Defense cannot stop anybody. Yeah, you heard Coach Rollins say, I went for it on fourth and one because we couldn't stop him. He needed to go for it on fourth and one. He had no no confidence that even with the punt and pinning Texas Southern deep in their own territory, that that defense is going to stop Texas Southern. That's a problem. Um, So if you want to know what's wrong with the Southern University football team, it's on the defensive side of the football. Man, it's amazing when you when you talk about the teams out there and what took place there. And you talk about Andrew Body, the freshman, 6'2", 195 pounds, Corpus Christi, Texas, and putting it up. But uh, to your point, uh, Southern's defense, wow. You give up 576 yards. It counteracts what you were able to do on offense, putting up 529, as you talk about. And demoralizing is the 238 on the ground. Um, mm-hmm. And so that, and you got some teams in this conference that would love to run the ball and let their defense uh, do what they do. So it's going to be fascinating when you talk about the second half of the season um, in terms of what's going on here and that schedule for Southern. It's going to be real intriguing to see can they find a way to pick themselves back up because the season's not lost, but that is a tough loss to take in many different ways. With that being said, give me a grade for Texas Southern University and give me a grade for Southern University. Uh, for the Texas Southern, I would say C minus. Uh, Texas Southern has looked a lot better. I uh, give them credit for picking up a conference win, first conference win in a couple of years. Uh, that Texas Southern football team, they we saw against Prairie View um, in, in week one. They actually did not look bad against Prairie View. If you go back and look at that football game and look at the way that they played against Rice, um, particularly in the second half, um, you felt like that they were you know kind of on their way. Uh, but picking up that win yesterday, shout out to Coach Clarence McKinney. Um, he said this is not the same TSU. Uh, so shout out to, to, to Clarence McKinney. They got a big one. They got to go to Grambling this weekend. It's homecoming for the G-Man. Can they do it two two weeks in a row? We'll see. Um, so right now, I give them a C. Southern? Um, Southern's an F. Um, 
Tell them, I tell can them. see that, especially when you talk about the uh, season prediction of where they're supposed to be. Yeah, so, Southern's in there. Southern has, you look at Miles College and what they were able to do to Southern. Um, Miles College, I think they may, outside of a blowout loss, it may have been their highest offensive output. They only scored 21 yesterday against Benedict, only, only scored uh, six a week ago against Albany State. Uh, McNeese State is, is a one and four football team right now. You lose to them at home. That Mc, McNeese team may not win four games this year. Uh, Southern's not a good football team right now. Um, that, that's just the facts. Um, so they are, the talent is there. The talent is not playing to its talent level. Um, you can make whatever conclusions to that you would like, but this is not a good football team. Thank you. He He's going to give you the football analyst. He does not uh, shut and jive in terms of uh, covering up his feelings. He's going to speak it like he knows it, and that's why I really have a lot of respect for what B.J. Jones talked about when he really breaks down and analyzes. With that, let's take our last break. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBC Sports Lab. Take our last break in the fourth quarter, and we'll get back to you, give you a couple of more midterm grades, break down a couple more games, and then we'll send you on your way to next week as you start to ponder uh, second half of the season, it's really time to get in the books if you're going to see your team make some changes uh, and, and see what they can do. This is Dr. Neal inside HBC Sports Lab. We'll be right back after this last break. Then. Get into the fourth quarter. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service with Slowburn. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. It's more than a mobile lounge. It's an environment and an experience rich in history, luxury, and personality. An elegant extension of any celebration occasion. It's the perfect escape and meeting place. A space where you can relax or enjoy a shared passion. Have Slowburn plan your next big event or before you are planning to celebrate your win over your athletic rivals, you can shop our collections at www.slowburnwaco.com. But if they want to tap, uh, I'm going to do the dab, yeah. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want a lot of laughing. So listen to Professor uh, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Mike Washington, Charles Bishop are both on the road, but we have B.J. Jones, the football HBCU analyst. Many say the HBCU guru. He's getting in there. He's breaking it down. And as I said, those grades have been posted, so let's continue in the West a little bit. Let's get into it. Uh, you got Arkansas Pine Bluff, if you would, in Grambling. What are your grades on those two teams? Arkansas Pine Bluff right now, they are at an F as well. Um, Arkansas Pine Bluff, we – it drew 
attention. It made me raise an eyebrow when I saw how low they were predicted to finish in the Western Division. Um, and then you saw the way they came out against Lane College. They were kind of lackadaisical. They won the football game, uh, but they were a little lackadaisical. They played very hard against UCA. And then for a half against Alcorn, they looked like the UAPB from the spring. From that second half of uh, Alcorn to now, it's been bad. Uh, they got completely taken apart by Alabama State yesterday. Only scored 15 points. 12 of those were in the fourth quarter uh, when the game was in hand. Got taken apart by Prairie View. Uh, yeah, Arkansas Pine Bluff, uh, yeah, this is, might not be the year. They got Southern coming in for homecoming this weekend. Uh, we'll see kind of what, what, what happens there. Uh, but right now, they, they are in elf as well. Those are two teams that both need a W. So it's going to be interesting. They're going to be fighting Damn. all the way through, uh, especially early in their game, because both of them want that W to find a way to, to you know, resurrect the season or uh, stay in the race, however you want to say it, uh, with that being. But what about Grambling? Believe it or not, Coach, I mean, uh, uh, Doc, I think that Grambling is a football team that's surging right now. Uh, defensively, Grambling has one of the best defensive units uh, in, in, in the conference. Uh, what, what they're doing on that defensive side of the football is nothing short uh, of amazing. And you saw it again on yesterday. Offensively with Noah Biden and now, uh, you know, having the uh, AC, the kid that wears number two, kind of having them both in there, they may have something offensively. They looked better offensively uh, yesterday than, than they have in the past. I would say Grambling is a C. I think that they uh, have an opportunity to get some people uh, over this next stretch. Um, can they win enough to, to play themselves back into the Western Division race? Yeah, it's a big question because they need a lot of stuff to go right. But I, I, right now, I will actually give the G-Man a C. No doubt about it. Uh, with that said, last one, let's go into Prairie View. a furthest team west of the conference. What about the Prairie View Panthers? Prairie View right now, they're, yeah, right now, they're a B plus. Prairie View is getting it done offensively, defensively, even special teams. Prairie View. We talk about in the past, it was the penalties. Uh, not being a discipline football team, they're discipline. Not being a physical football team, they're physical. Uh, right now, Prairie View looks to be the class of the Western Division. That Prairie View Alcorn game, uh, that, that's looking more and more like the game that may uh, decide the Western uh, Division. Uh, no Prairie View has a couple of games b- before then, and the challenge for Coach Dooley and that staff just keep keep everyone focused week to week. Uh, but right now, Prairie View, right now, they are the class of the Western Division. Points well taken. Let's go outside of the conferences and go some of these non-conference teams. As you talk about, we have the Aggies, Hampton, and Tennessee State. Let's start it at the top for many people, which is the North Carolina A&T Aggies. What are your thoughts on the Aggies? As we said, they did defeat North Alabama, so they're sitting 2-0 and in the conference, the Big South. But that game was a little intriguing for a lot of folks, especially in the second half. They are ranked number six right now in terms of my poll rankings. What are your thoughts on the Aggies right now? Right now, they're beat. Um, they're not playing up to their potential at all. Um, you saw what they can do. Uh, but North Alabama is a winless football team. You should hammer them up. Um, they, they, it looks like there's something's missing with North Carolina A&T. Not sure what it is. They're going to get tested. Um, they, they're, they're getting ready to go into the meat of that Big South schedule. They're going to have contenders, Kennesaw State, Mumma. Uh, so the road uh, to a playoff berth, that, that road is going to be paved over the next couple of weeks. 
Uh, but right now, they're, they're beat. Yeah, they're squarely in front of them. That would be such an entertaining thing if it plays out. Somehow they get it done. I know it's a lot of seasons, so take it with its work. If it plays out in such a way, Tip Fam, you and A.T. meet in the playoffs. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fascinating? Oh, man, that would be fantastic. <laughs> with that being said, let me go to Hampton. Hampton may have something to say about that. They play A&T also in the next couple of weeks. You saw with what a lot of people and you gave was solid grade to Norfolk State. You saw they were right there with Norfolk State at home. So this is mm-hmm. a team that is playing better, not quite uh, uh, getting it done. Tough loss yesterday in a lot of ways. But what are your thoughts in terms of Hampton and I will say right now that Hampton is actually probably a B-minus. Um, they're much improved. Um, Jet Duffy, a quarterback, makes that offense uh, go. Defensively is kind of where Hampton has their opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not the strongest in the world on that side of the of the football. But, you know, right now the Hamp, the Hampton Pirates are standing at two and three. Uh, most people didn't pre- predict that. Um, I, they're playing a lot better than what a lot of other people anticipated. Bringing to the last independent that we have at the FCS level, at least, uh, which is Tennessee State. Uh, we've seen what they've been able to do this season. I want to hear what your thoughts on Tennessee State. I'm a little intrigued about that and see if it matches up with what I, I kind of thought about the Tigers. Right now, I got them right at a, a C. Um, we, we saw them. They were not very impressive against Grambling. That was the first game. Same thing against Jackson State. They were able to knock off Austin P though. Uh, which was a uh, a big game. They handled Kentucky State Division II opponent in the, in the, the fashion that they should. Uh, we'll know more about them uh, coming up as they get ready to jump into some more uh, games in the Ohio Valley Conference. And this is the thing about the Ohio Valley Conference. There's no Eastern Kentucky. There's no Jacksonville State. Uh, so Tennessee State is going to have an opportunity uh, to be right there in the thick of things uh, we'll see if they can take advantage of that. So, but right now, I got them um, at a C minus. Yeah, they've been up and down. Uh, do well on one quiz, not so well on the next exam. So, yeah, it's intriguing in Senate. But I say this: I think a lot of people's expectation coming in the season was that uh, Tennessee State was not going to be a very good football team. So, you do see some of the marginal change about Coach Eddie George and what he's able to do. We'll see if he can sustain it. But I love the way you break it down in terms of OBC. Similar to Southland, and some of those teams are floated out. Teams that usually are perennial top teams, they're not in those conferences anymore. So it bodes well for a team like Tennessee State to be able to see if they can make a statement and find a way to put things together. Um, maybe not in terms of the overall top 25, but certainly within their conference. With that, let's take it back. Let's talk about a couple of the teams mid-major. Make sure we share them some love, uh, and then we'll let you get your final st- shots uh, out and make sure that you talk about your show this evening where you can really put a little point on a lot of these. Let's go up north. Let's go to the CIAA. We talked about the big win, but I want to know a grade on Bowie State. What are your thoughts on that program right now? A lot of people got down on Bowie State after that loss to Delaware State. But, hey, defensively, Bowie State, what they did yesterday to Shawan and, and that all-star quarterback Shawan has, man, you got to give Bowie State an A right now. Uh, A-minus, but still an A. Uh, they proved that they are still the class of the CIAA North. Uh, and if you uh, want a trip to Salem, Virginia, you got to go through Bowie State if you're in that Northern Division. So I, I give them an A-minus. Jump over here to the Southern Division um, in terms of Fayetteville State. 
Big win over Shaw yesterday. I want to hear your grades on them. This is one that we question because that Southern Division of CIAA, not very good, but we saw with Shaw was trending in the right direction. Might give you to get a sneaker grade in there if you would since it's posted already. Give me your grades on those two teams out of the CIAA if you would. Shaw's actually, I got them right now at a B. Uh, Shaw, they've been playing lights out. A lot of people like Shaw yesterday in that football game um, mm-hmm. against Fayetteville State. Uh, Fayetteville State, you know, uh, preseason was you know predicted to win it. Shaw made it difficult for him. That was a low-scoring, old-school slobber knocker game, 15-12. Uh, man, uh, I give Shaw all the credit in the world. Fayetteville State, I give them uh, a, a, a B plus, just slightly above. They found a way to win. Uh, offensively, they weren't able to, uh, to get it together. And offense didn't flow like it usually uh, does. Uh, but defensively, what they were able to do in limiting uh, Shaw uh, in the past game, limiting the run, uh, and this Fayetteville State team, they don't get penalized a lot. Mm-hmm. You have to beat them. They won't let you. They're not going to hand you a game. You have to beat them. So I like Fayetteville State. Uh, like, I, I give them a B-plus for that. Let's shift over here, going a little further down on the map into the southern region of the U.S. Let's go to the SIHC. Let's start west instead of east because it's loaded in the east, as we've said. SIAC West. Three teams I want to know grades on. Tuskegee, Miles. I'm going to add a fourth one in there. Kentucky State as well as Lane. So for Tuskegee, whew, it's going to be a long year for Tuskegee. Um, it's going to be a long year. I think right now Tuskegee is a, is a D, uh, D to a D plus. Um, I think a lot of fans got excited the way that they played against Alabama and them, um, especially how, how they were able to move the ball. Me, you, and 10 other fellows, we can get out on the field and we can move the ball against Alabama and them defense. Tuskegee, I really expected them to, to beat uh, Morehouse yesterday to kind of get back on track. Uh, didn't happen. Um, I think it's going to be a long year for the Tigers. Right now, uh, they're, I got them right now at a, a D plus. And, and if I would have told you, hey, Doc, before the season started, Tuskegee, Southern, Grambling uh, would all be having terrible years. When is the last time that that has happened? I wouldn't have believed it. Not all three of them. Nope. Point well taken. Let's go back over here to the East Division, where we say it's loaded, especially when you talk about the teams coming in. But with that being said, let's focus on those top three teams because it sounds like it's going to fall between them. And you talk about the East in terms of what Morehouse and Clark Atlanta are doing with some of the teams in the West. Shout out to them too, but let's stick with it. Savannah State, Fort Valley State, and some believe the top of the prop is Albany State. What are your thoughts on all those three teams right now? Right now, I got Savannah State there in B+. Uh, They're chugging along. It seems like Savannah State, Fort Valley, and Albany State are on this three-headed collision towards each other. I think that's where the East will be won uh, between uh, those three teams. Uh, I like Fort Valley. I think they're right now, they're a B as well. Uh, They get it done uh, defensively. Uh, Albany State, right now they're A. They're the class of the entire SIAC. Uh, If you look at the way that they play, they play. Coach Gabe has that program rolling. Uh, They're the class of do not sleep on Benedict. Do not sleep home, Benedict. Benedict may not go to the party, but they can stop you from going. 
Yeah, they gonna ruin it for somebody. They yeah. gonna shut the door on you. They say you might let me in. They not gonna let you in either. Yeah. <laughs> it's, all right. Great points made there. Last thing I got. Let's go to some of the independents. Specifically, you know the one I want to talk about is Langston. Langston University. Two new programs. I'll throw in Edward Waters and Allen as they join the SIEC. You would break down those three schools in terms of their grades. I give Edward Waters and Allen right now both Bs. And the reason being, they're new programs in the SIEC, but you've seen them beat people. You're one, you know, come in and, and beat people. And they haven't been an easy out for anyone. I think that they have achieved above what was expected of them. Uh, so I like the, the trajectory of both of those programs. Coach uh, Keaton, uh, Al, uh, Coach uh, Keaton uh, Allen over there at, at – uh, I'm sorry, Coach Keaton over there at Allen, he's a coach that was at Stillman, had Stillman College rolling uh, for a while. I think that he's one of the bright young coaches in HBCU football. It'll be interesting to see what that Allen program can grow into and kind of what's his, his next move because I think he's that talented. Um, and Coach Morgan over at Langston, they just keep rolling on along. Right now, Langston, um, they're in the A. Uh, that program, the challenge for them is the next step for them is winning a game uh, in the NAIA playoffs. Uh, we know what they can do in the conference, but the, the money on their back is getting that win uh, in the NAIA playoffs. And hopefully this is the year that they do. Well said, well said. With that being said, BJ, BJ Jones, we're going to call it a close. But I want to give those uh, listeners out there, those that – do follow you. They know what's up, and those that don't, give them a shout-out in terms of what they can expect this afternoon or this evening, I should say. Oh, man, this evening, man, we're going to hide the heavy, man. We had big ball games we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the massacre in Huntsville, Alabama, the uh, homecoming that turned into a home going uh, for Alabama. And we're going to talk about that. Some of the close game down in Alcorn. There was homecoming down there. We'll talk about the Hornets stinging the Golden Lions down in Montgomery for their homecoming. And we got to talk about Southern. Don't let this jersey on the other side of my shoulder fool you. I'm not biased when it comes down uh, to this thing. I tell it like it is. And if I can't give it to you like it is, I'm just not going to give it to you. Um, so we're going to dive into that. And we're going to give a shout out Coach Clarence McKinney and Texas Southern and uh, the big win on yesterday. So get all that coming up. It'll be right here on the BCSN Network. We're going to have a few guests for you um, as well. So Looking forward to it. We're having a little fun with it. What time can they tune in? Uh, it is 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. No doubt about it. Right here on the network, that's Black College Sports. Before that, you usually have a sports wrap with Brian and AD as they continue to do your thing, and then you get to get into BJ Jones. I certainly will be tuning in and seeing what's going on. Before we close, let me let you know what you expect next week as you get into the second half of the season. See if you're going to either maintain your grades or you're going to get in those books and update your grades to see if you can increase them. But some of y'all just going to have to need to go ahead and drop the class. This has been one of those seasons <laughs> like that if you ain't careful. But unfortunately, you can't drop out of a, a season. So it is what it is. But some of y'all fans are going to be dropping out of you not following your team. But stay in there. Stay in there with your team. Do what you got to do. Shout out again to Morehouse as they got the – uh, slow smirk, slow burn, Waco.com. Shout out to Charles Bishop and his Jack State Tigers. Shout out to Texas Southern uh, coach Clarence McKinney as B.J. Jones uh, certainly did rightfully so. Shout out there. 
Big games this week to keep you in your mind. Some of them up I want to give you up. There's Grambling State, Texas Southern. It's uh, Grambling State's homecoming. One that is not one we're going to focus on, but we certainly will keep an eye on that. Alabama A&M hosting FAMU. Uh, Bowie State and Virginia State. That's on Aspire TV. Make sure you keep your eyes on that. South Carolina State and Morgan State, as they get into conference play, MIAC, that is a homecoming game for South Carolina State. They want to show that they can get it done. It'd be interesting seeing that matchup. Morgan State is struggling. Shouldn't be a problem, but one to keep your eyes on. Obviously, you got Alabama State going into Jackson State. Would it be a layover, if you would, a hungover, if you would, for Jackson State? Can Alabama State Hornets shock the world again and get it done? That one is in Veteran Memorial Stadium in Jackson, Mississippi. We shall see. Langston takes on Texas Wesleyan. That's one to keep your eyes on. It is Langston's homecoming. Tennessee State and Tennessee Tech, I want to see what that starts. You get in the OBC conference play, as we say. That should be interesting. Is in Nashville, so it's a home game for the Tigers there. Albany State and Benedict. Benedict has the ability to keep some people out of the party. Will they do it against Albany State that many people think are the best team at the mid-major level? Keep your eyes on that one. We also have Savannah State and Clark Atlanta. I don't think that's going to be a problem for Savannah State, but Clark is continuing to play well. It's in Savannah, but it's their homecoming. It's the Orange Out. Kennesaw State, North Carolina A&T. I have my eyes on this one as well. Independence uh, Conference game there uh, in terms of the Big South. It'll be interesting to see if North Carolina State can get it done against Kennesaw State, one of the teams that's predicted to win that conference. Playing good football, top 25. a has a chance to make the statement. This is why they supposedly went to the Big South. So we shall see. They are on the road. It is a 4 o'clock Central Time. It is on ESPN+. Plus. I will be watching that game. That'll do it for us. This is Dr. Cavill with Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Uh, Dr. Cavill, as you know, I am the dean of HBCU Sports, coming from inside the lab in the college HBCU Sports with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Uh, getting it done for me is B.J. Jones. Check him out this evening, as he said, he will bring it hot and heavy. Again, we want to thank you for listening, Dr. Bill's Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Hope you enjoyed the interview with Coach Willie Simmons, 2019 Black College Sports Network uh, HBCU champion. Look at what they have going on down there in the FAMU. They are bringing it hot and heavy in a lot of different ways. That's a good football team. Keep your eyes on it. Should be interesting. They do travel to Southern Baton Rouge on the second half of the season. That's one that's always a big game. I wanted to keep your eyes on and see what that looks like. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill. It's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We look forward to you next week as we discuss the latest news in the lab. Inside the HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter. Facebook and YouTube is Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Dream big. Continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Make sure you Download the app, my JBN, my VCSN. Download the app so you can keep going, get all the latest, all the programming we're beating, uh, bringing you. With that being said, BJ? Lecture. Course, lecture, dismissed. Oh, you good. I was going to Roy jumping in and say he tried to surprise you. Got it going on. Dismiss. You said it right. Your grade is still an A plus, BJ Joe. <laughs> I'm going to talk about Roy, though. He's a little slow to the trigger. <laughs>